Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Twitter, and you're watching this, you can be part of the Enfield Revolution by getting into the bio and subscribing. Hop on the YouTube channel, get all the videos, in addition to, <clears throat> of course, excuse me, getting everywhere on the podcast, Spotify, Apple, we're all over the place there, and jump on board. I just did a recent episode, which we put out today, episode 57, where my buddy Steve Phillips joined me, and we talked about uh, some of these uh, proposed changes that now are official, in addition to talking and breaking down the postseason races. And we both give you which team in each league we think could be the most dangerous to break into what I'm calling the AEIOU sometimes why, which are in whatever order, Dodgers, Astros, Mets, Braves, sometimes Yankees. What one other team in each league most dangerous, really, when we think about it realistically in October, you'll get those answers and more. And, you know, check out all the podcasts. Wanted to hop on live and, and get into the shift. All right. First of all, got to give credit where it's due. All right. And this is important. Let's start here. I've gotten on as much as everybody has this league for being a reactionary league, but in the wrong way for not being honest when it makes changes. You would never have a situation in the NBA like you did in major league baseball, where they said after changing the ball, what, what ball, wait, we changed the ball. Let's, let's investigate. And then they couldn't find the answer, right? Oh, we don't even know what happened. Every pitcher saying it's different. Well, the hitter's saying it's different. No, we, we, don't, we don't really know what happened. Of course they know what happened. But the NBA has been the league that goes in and says, we'll move forward, pull back a three-point line, right? Here's how we handle the zone. Here's how we're going to handle the three-second rule. Here's how we are going to alter the game because we are about entertainment value. Major League Baseball has never had the value in being honest with you and has done a bad job with that. But they deserve credit here and the commissioner deserves credit here there are parts of this which i don't like in terms of why they have to do it and how but i feel pretty confident saying these are good changes for the entertainment of this game these are good changes for the amount of scoring in this game these are good changes for the pace of this game forget time of game which means nothing i don't hear about time of game i go back to this i've said this for years go, go out and uh, tonight, when you're sitting there with your loved ones and you're like, okay, we're going to go on demand, watch a movie. When you go see a movie that's, uh, you know, it's three hours, seven minutes in length, you're not going to watch it, most likely. Unless you had prepared, hey, I heard this movie was great. We're going to go sit down and watch it. And you, like, need days in advance to even mentally prepare for that. But nobody looks at it and says, 307, no. But, honey, this, this movie is uh, two hours and 58 minutes. Uh, no. You're not doing that either. It's not time of game. It's about pace. It's about entertainment. It's about action. All of those things will be upgraded with this, and they're going to be successful with it. They are. And the league finally admitting to itself and everybody else that, hey, the entertainment value is not where we need it to be, and this is what we're going to do, and we'll try things to do it. Kudos, and they deserve credit for that. You can't just slam and get on everybody and say, oh, they're an ass for everything they do and not be willing to give credit where it's due. Credit is due there. So let's start with that. That's number one. I want to say this about the shift, all right? This is going to sound immature and ridiculous, especially from somebody covering this game 20 years. 
But I, I want to be fair with the first thing that's always bothered me about the ship. Aesthetically, it looks it looks terrible. I've often said that, you know, even though the game is very smart and it's strategically, it, we enjoy and we romanticize about the game for that reason. One of the many reasons it's been hard to sell to younger people is because it's MIT over MLB. Because it's been about, you know, being too complicated sometimes. I've got an eight-year-old son. I don't want to explain to him why the third baseman is all the way over here. I don't want little arrows like you get when you're playing NHL hockey over like who your man is. I don't want that on the screen. And that sounds ridiculous, but it's little things like that that when you're selling to kids, it's like, okay, I understand a hoop's over there, a hoop's over here. Like, what the hell is all this crap? It, it's, it's hard to simplify. I never really liked that. But at the same time, this is how I have felt about, and I, and you know, the impact of it in terms of watching guys on the left side specifically hit into the shift is not something that's enjoyable to watch. However, I've always said the same thing, and I'll say it again. Discussed it with Stevie when Steve Phillips joined me, which you could check out in episode fifty-seven, which is up now everywhere you get your podcast and on the YouTube channel. Subscribe in the bio. But I've said this before. I'll say it again. Nobody told Buddy Ryan you can't run the the forty-six defense. Nobody told Jim Beheim you can't do the zone. Nobody's sitting there. And telling Huggy Bit, you can't do, you can't have no the press, you can't do that. You got to go find a way to beat it. You got to find a way to stop it defensively. You got to find a way. And that's part of the game. That's the cat and mouse we love from pitchers and hitters every day in this sport for a million years. Yet here, we couldn't figure it out. This is admitting and understanding that the hitters could not eliminate the shift, at least in part, by fixing it and figuring it out. Whether you want to say they didn't learn early enough, they couldn't get out of their habits, the analytics said go hit a home run instead of getting three base hits, and it's probably a little bit of all of that and 75 other things, but they could not figure it out. At the end of the day, they could not get it done, and that is why the league had to step in and fix it itself. I said years ago when I was on Sirius X, I mean, I don't even know how many years ago, two guys on each side of second base and I know we're dealing with now where they are in the infield dirt. And, you know, there's, there's a little bit kind of, you know, in terms of how all that's going to work. Do I think that that is going to increase things on its own? No, it's not. I think still you'll have people who analytically will believe, go ahead and uppercut swing, go try and hit a home run. But will we see more guys hit the ball up the middle? Yes. Will we see still movement and positioning and instinct defensively? Yes. Will infielders enjoy this way more? Absolutely. I talked to plenty of shortstops who are not in the league right now, who like literally legitimately are watching it. And they're like, I would hate that. This is the position I play. That's why catchers still want collisions. These are like a way they grow up. This is the game they know. This is aesthetically going to look better. It's going to give us more offense, you know, along with the bigger bags and people don't realize that the, you know, you talk about four inches and people are like, ah, four inches. What's that going to do? Think about how many close plays, how much timing there is to get down on pitchers to the plate and everything else. You're going to have a lot more stolen bases, and stolen bases are good for the game. Now, you may have a lot more replays at second base because of the amount of attempts. People may not like that, but that's part of what's going to come with it. But you're going to have a lot more stolen bases and stolen base attempts, which is great. 
you may see an increase in the hit and run at least a little bit with the ability where I can make contact and from the left side of the plate, not think that a dude, if he, if he goes ahead and rips the ball, it, it can't be a line drive because even a line drive going to get caught because I got the second baseman who's out there in the outfield waiting for me. That ball is going to be a base hit now. That's going to help the game. It's going to help the game. And it's going to increase offense. And the league was honest about, hey, look, we need to do something. And no, I hate the part of it. You know, look, because, you know, analytics, people, you know, act like either like, oh, either you're for or against them. And, and it's the stupidest argument. It makes no sense, right? The right argument of it with all of it is that there's parts of it at times that are wonderful. There are times that it's not. And you have to figure out just like managers and GMs do when and where to use it, right? Well, analytically, you know, the shift was something that teams used to get an edge and that advantage and that edge will be gone. And that edge now will go to the hitter. That edge will go to luck. You're going to see more, you know, bloops and, and dinkers and dunkers and guys who even not trying to hit the other the ball the other way, right? They're not, but, you know, they're late enough on it. Boom, it goes the other way and it's a base hit because it goes in a hole because there haven't been any holes. Because everybody knows everybody hot zone and where they're going to hit. And, and especially if you're, you know, effective at being able to, if there's a shift pitch on the inside or the outer portion of the plate, I mean, you're almost never getting it wrong that way. That if they don't hit a home run, they can't have any success. That's going to be eliminated now. That's going to help. It's going to help. It's going to increase activity in the game. But I don't like the fact that our hitters couldn't figure it out. And I don't, you know, I know that's, you know, generalizing. And, you know, I've talked to plenty of people over the last few years about this. And you hear, well, they didn't learn early enough or they had learned the wrong way early enough. They couldn't fix it. And some of us are like, what do you mean you couldn't fix it? Like you, you got all that time in the offseason, guys changing their swings and you can't fix it. Well, in a lot of cases, the teams didn't want them to fix it because they wanted them to let it eat. They didn't want guys who were a slug to go ahead and, and dink and dunk the ball around. That's not who they were going to be anyway. They'd rather him let it eat and the guy go, you know, two for 10, but those two hits are homers than a guy go five for 10 and dink them all the other way because that's what the analytics told him. And in a lot of cases, that's the case. This is going to help. The pitch clock, I think, will be more effective as something that just having it there will increase the attention on people pushing a little bit on where they are, going into spring training next year and seeing times of when guys go to the plate and, and how all that works and you know, how long it takes and not having any throws over. All of that is going to increase action in the game you need, it's not about the time of game and when we talk about pace of play really it comes down to this it's action per time of game that is what people want they want to watch something that happens you don't want to be able to flip the remote and go somewhere else i want to be locked in in a hockey game in the middle i can't move in a basketball game in the fourth quarter at least i can't move in a football game once a week i'm never going to move baseball games are happening every five seconds and there's always time i got time to do everything well, now maybe that time's a little more limited. Maybe you're more locked in. Maybe it increases the 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 locked in nature of the players too, because they, they're 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 in that zone and, and in that mode where where the game is is starting to to snap a little bit faster. It's going to be good for the game. Maybe we'll hear less broadcasters, you know, talking crap about the game, which I can't stand anyway. Like, what the hell are you broadcasting it for? If you hate it, go away. Seriously, you never go away. Jumping unfiltered. Shift yourself, if you haven't, onto our podcast. Subscribe to the video. Get on board. Got much more coming. Uh, in the next week alone, I've got uh, Buck Martinez, David Aldridge, Jason Stark, Jim Duquette, a bunch of other guests that are lined up. We've got a, a lot of great things that we've done recently. I hope you're enjoying it. Get me at Casey Stern. And uh, hey, look, more action is good. But the biggest part of this, we've got to be fair, give credit to the league. 
because in this way, being reactionary was good. They knew they needed more entertainment. They knew they had to cut down the MIT and bring more just baseball so you could sell it to kids, especially in this day and age. Lack of attention span and everything the way it is. Give more action. They did it. They didn't hide it. They didn't do it secretly. They said, we understand, and now we're going to make a change. And good on you, Major League Baseball, because it was a good one to make. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.